The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on Chaos to Cured podcast are the speaker's own. All discussion is based on our own experiences. We do not and cannot guarantee the accuracy or completeness of any information. Chaos to Cured podcast cannot give medical or health advice. All discussion is based upon our personal experiences and meant for general and educational purposes. This podcast is not a substitute for professional help or for diagnostic purposes for yourself or another. Cast Cured Podcast always encourages you to consult an appropriate professional. Cast Cured Podcast is here to explain our perspective of the human experience. We hope it leads to questions, learning, wisdom, and knowledge. Hello and welcome to a third episode of the Chaos to Cured podcast where my co-host and I, um, Jeffrey Freed, um, are just kind of taking on unique topics and things we're interested in trying to delve really deep. Please listen to the disclaimer. Um, everything we say is, of course, intended as a discussion. Uh, we're not trying to give advice or diagnose or tell people what to do um, and you know, please research on your own and reach out to experts if you so desire. So one of the things, um, you know, I felt today was just absolutely overwhelmed. And that's certainly a feeling we all have. I think it's way more prevalent than when I was growing up. What do you think about that? And just that, you know, please give some insight into what you see on a daily basis with the people you work with. Sure. Um, well, the people I work with, um, this, is a, this is a way different culture than even was five or 10 years ago. The people that I work with are harried, all of them, almost 100% are harried, uh, hurried, and unable to focus on anything for very long, except for the ones on the autistic spectrum who can focus really, really well, but at a cost. Virtually everybody who's not on the spectrum, and that's not representative of the people I work with, because virtually everyone I work with is somewhat spectral. Um, so I would say this, I would say, Hard, hard issues with focusing to any depth on any one subject. Um, scanners, we are a generation of scanners. And that's of course because of the uh, good old internet. If you focus in on anything too long, you're gonna miss something else. Fear of missing out. Fear of missing out, yeah. So you go over stuff peripherally or just superficially is a better word. And you never go into any depth. You just in the back of your mind the whole time. You're thinking, what am I missing by focusing on this? There's a lot to that. I did some thinking and some reading on the topic of empathy. And what it said about empathy, I just absolutely loved this. It was in a book called Glow Kids. And it was very critical of media and video games and such things and what it said was in order to feel empathy real empathy 
You have to be able to get into something with depth. You have to really understand it. And it also commented that in this culture, one of the reasons that we may not have empathy is because we never do surf, get down into the past the surface of something and focus on it too long. Most people can't do that. And that may be one of the causes, one of the many, why we have far less empathy today than we used to. What do you, you think, Kirk? Oh, I love that. I mean, um, one of the things that is so hard, um, you know, just in society today um, is how I was literally thinking about it. Um, what was it? Uh, I called, I called us a soundbite society. Yep. Um, and what I meant by that is, you know, people will read a tagline and the taglines are specifically designed to draw someone to an article. It has often nothing to do with the article, which yep. is really frustrating because, you know, you, you look at something and I'm, I want to be objective. Um, I also like depth. So it's frustrating for me when I do click on a link or a tagline and the article has really nothing to do with it. Yep. Um, so I typically stay away from media sources along those lines. And where I've really gone is more towards research articles, uh, peer reviewed journals. And it's one, of, and even those, sometimes I still feel like there's bias. There was a science, supposedly scientific thing on, you know, violins and, you know, uh, again, there's, there's always going to be some bias. Um, what we want to do is try to be as objective as possible and then getting to depth so that people could have empathy. I, I do feel like the world is less empathetic. Yeah, I agree with um, that. I feel like it is overwhelming. Um, you know, I don't know when someone's going to listen to this podcast, but you know, with the things that are happening right now, you see tension in different countries. We have those things cause anxiety for me. They cause um, what I noticed even over the last few days is more tension around other people. Um, but instead of everyone kind of understanding that about each other, they mm. jump the gun and get angry. And so we're very reactionary and our reactions are based off of a lack of depth. And that lack of depth also causes less empathy. So our reactions aren't even compassionate. They're well, that's, cold. That's, that's really, I really resonate with that. Um, one of the things I've noticed is that for sure. So that's one of them. The other is that people are, they see other people as competition for space, for stardom, for anything. Everyone else is competitive. You're competitive with everybody. And there's a whole lot of anxiety on top of that. Because the news, all the news wants to do, do is rev you up and get you to watch. And the way they get you to watch is by putting sensational things on and convincing you how awful things are. And they are awful, don't get me wrong. But they've always been awful. And there's plenty of good stuff out there, too, if one chooses to focus. But it goes back to the competitive thing. There's so many news sources, so many people competing for your dollar. It's not for your attention, it's for your money. And what ends up happening is everybody is always competing. They're afraid to relax. 
So there's an underlying aura of tension and anxiety that makes people sick, that it completely destroys mental um, comfort and health on so many vulnerable people. Now, I work with vulnerable people. Um, the people I work with are highly sensitive, visual, and want to you know want to want to know what's going on in the world. And because their senses are attenuated, they see all this horrible stuff and they get depressed. And in order to keep from being depressed, which is a pretty undesirable emotion, what they do is they become cold, empathetic, and scan stuff and never get into it because they might get depressed. React wow. from that. What do you have to say? Um, it, it hits home. You know, <clears throat> what's interesting is that, you know, we, we kind of started this and we know we were, we knew we, we were kind of interested in two subjects. One of them was communication. And then one of them was just that, that feeling of being overwhelmed. Um, I think that, uh, you know, as we look at some of those things, I think that feeling of being, of pressure, of competition, of having to be the best one. Um, I mean, I see it all the time with the individuals I work with. Um, they all have to go to the top school. They all have to. So right. when you, when you brought up competition, it's, you know, it, it, it hits on so many different areas. It also hits both on how overwhelmed people can feel why we start feeling overwhelmed because we're trying to compete with things that aren't even real sometimes that yeah, goes to that. social media you know instagram uh pictures where only people post stuff that you know of course their happiest moments to best moments uh when i'm on this vacation it's not like you get to do that every single day mm -hmm. um so you know but people don't see it that way we all and even i don't i objectively know that when i'm looking at photos but even then, sometimes I can feel like envy kind of creeping in, like, oh, look at where they're at. When when will I get to go see that kind of a place or location? Yeah, what, a what a loser I must be. I don't yes. like that. So it's interesting because that, that competition um, and then the drive for our clicks, for our dollar, pull us towards this whole thing of the what kind of caught me off guard was that how closely related that f being feeling of or feeling of being overwhelmed coincides with our inability to communicate mm -hmm. and so we're kind of covering both topics i love it um i i know for me right now with everything that is whether it's um you open up your phone first thing in the morning and that is something that you know, I suggest people don't do. I'm great at giving advice. I'm horrible uh -huh. at taking it and doing it myself. So, um, you know, it, it's it, you, the moment you pick up your phone and you just get bombarded with news and all of the news is fear-based. It's divisive. And we are, in my opinion, I feel like the division um is to get and it is a competition for that dollar but of course. The, the cost of what we're seeing is coming with mental health it's coming with more more kids uh, acting out more shootings more suicides more 
anxiety, yep. more depression, more autism, more or you know more people on the spectrum. And I again, I mean, we classify these things, but so many things like you know OCD, PTSD, bipolar, autism all have overlapping so many overlapping symptoms, and that doesn't even begin to get into the plethora of diagnoses that are possible. You know, so again. I think there's so much happening right now and I know they did, uh, I don't know who did it, but I know during the, um, when Facebook was in Congress, they had to, uh, they were disclosing, you know, information that they thought, um, you know, was damaging Almost. to like children, young women, especially. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know who did the study, but it, it I think if we really got into details and we saw how many studies and all yeah. the damage social media does, it's terrifying. Um, uh, and I, let me what you, let me please jump in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to lose this thought. The book that I told you about and a couple others, um, glow kids, that book absolutely proved to me and other people who've read it feel the same way that social media is addicted is absolutely addicting. It raises the dopamine level. And um, when you take it away, it drops it precipitously. It's very much like drugs, powerful drugs. And that's on purpose. The people who run Facebook and Twitter and um, TikTok and Instagram, they know that. So they know that they're addicting people to the excitement, to the little, what they call the adrenaline rush the junkie rush when they get they get a couple of messages and people are actually paying attention to them and maybe they could be a star. So yeah. the more you do it, the more you want it. The more you want it, the less empathetic and the less caring and the less paying attention to your fellow man becomes. And we get a nation of people who are junkies. It's not junkie in a traditional sense, but there's no question in my mind that it's a strong statement that that is creating addicts, especially in kids. Now, I don't want to be a Luddite and say all technology sucks. I'm not into that. A lot of it is wonderful, but there is a real dark side to it. And the people that are creating it know about it and they don't care. They just want your money. It's all about money. It's, I can't, I can't disagree. Um, it's it's really frustrating when I see some of the the games that I grew up on um, that I you know from a video game perspective. Um, it's interesting because you know I, I played everything from like the Atari and like even the Mac to you know the Apple IIc. I think like there were a couple like there's a math game with an alligator or something on it, um, and I played from that all the way to the stuff now. Now when I'm playing a game. Um, I, I honestly find some of them so complex that the maps are so big, you actually have to then turn to a source like Google, which leads you to a YouTube video, which leads you to a Twitch streamer who is explaining how to get through it. It's like this, um, you know, this, I don't even know how to describe it. We get pulled on all these tangents all over the place. Um, and our safety net becomes, well, our phone, our social media. So as far as addiction goes, 
Um, I, you know, for me, I know I have a hard time putting my phone down. It's one of the first things I look for, which is absurd. Out of all the things that matter in our life, you know, a phone should not be the most important thing. But for me, I know that that is actually fairly accurate. Um, and so as far as the games, what I was kind of alluding to was the games design, not only are they designed to, of course, you know, kickstart our dopamine, um, that absolutely is, is a vital aspect because if those games aren't selling, they drop off like, you know, they can't compete. You have these massive studios that have hundreds of millions of dollars going into one game. That game has to sell. And they... Let me throw this down, too. Um, the people that are making the games are very much like the kids that are watching them. They've, they've, they've latched on to dream jobs for them. And they know how to, how to hook kids because they just go back to what would hook me. And there, there's a, there are so much in our culture that is now just totally centered around the phone. Can't go to an airport and see one person out of a hundred, maybe two out of a hundred, who are doing something besides looking at their phones. It has <laughs> literally taken over our brains. And another thing that has to do with the educational aspect of all this um, and the behavioral aspect of all of this is when people are besieged, that's a purposely chosen word, by sensory bombardment, what they tend to do is they tend to withdraw or shut down or just sort of half focus on everything. And the people that are, and the reason we're seeing so much in the way of, of spectrum disorders, I don't even want to use that word, spectral conditions, is because people are overwhelmed. And when they're overwhelmed, they shut down. And when they shut down, they don't feel much. So it's pretty hard to feel empathy or worry about ethics when you're not really feeling anything. And I work with most, mostly people in their 20s, some teens, and people that are older. But my average person that I work with is in their 20s. And they're all like that. And they all know about it, but they don't know what to do about it. And they accept it as reality. So we're in pretty deep here. Well, it was interesting because I felt like you just described addiction. Um, I, huh. I was trying to look up like what addiction is, like the, the pure definition. Of course, um, we can, without looking it up, um, you know, I know one, of course, it's you need more and more of the same thing. And your body then adjusts to that new normal. Then, of course, um, it you don't do well because you need more of that. So you continue to consume. Well, what happens? We've gotten brighter screens. We got we have flashier, um, faster motion, um, smoother, more realistic games. Everything is is to the nth degree, and how do we go past that? And the problem that you had mentioned earlier, where you have, um, you said we have a society of junkies. And one of the issues is when you get to something like that, where our all of our attention is in one place, it's all in social media, it's all about likes or clicks or that, 
we we have we lose the ability to communicate with another person we start we stop seeing people as human we start seeing them as person x or um individual not even an individual thing right i can use this person or this thing to get me to this thing um and i i've noticed it uh kind of become more and more intense over the, the last four or five years um and even the last 10 years i mean when i originally saw you know facebook it was really mundane um and you know i didn't necessarily even like it i certainly didn't get twitch um people uh, watching other people play games was just odd to me that's like you know watching someone else comb their hair um it's i i don't like again i don't get it i would rather do something myself like play a video game myself i was trying to think of an analogy i can't even think of one well it passes for socialization um playing video games with other people kids come home from school and they get on they play with people all over the world or in their neighborhood or people they had at school and instead of playing instead of doing anything outdoors um that's why americans are so especially kids are obese or so obese there are so many things wrong with this picture that i would say this to sort of cut it to the quick here what i perceive of is this reality technology is can be terrific but it has side effects like everything else has side effects you take an aspirin you have a stomach upset but you know you take it because the aspirin will cure something that you perceive of as worse well the side effect of technology maybe probably is more autism more disassociation and more cultural disintegration and we accept it because we don't really, nobody's ever really verbalized it. And we're all tacitly agreeing with that statement. The question is, is it worth the cost? I don't think so. No. Well, you know, just even seeing how people treat each other at times, you know, blows Why? me away. You know, uh, insults, um, public, which is just odd. Um, how comfortable people are being just, I don't even want to call it rude. It's beyond rude. Hideously rude. Um, Yes. And and you never pay for it because there's so many of us um, that, you know, you can disappear and become anonymous. Um, It's worse than people think. I hear, I was listening to the news today and this really struck me. Um, Secretary of States from different states um, were saying that death threats are becoming an everyday occurrence, that groups of haters get on their lawn and swear and curse in front of their kids and threaten to kill them. And they can't do anything about it. Of course, that discourages, I mean, there's no civil, there's much less civilized discourse and we're paying the price. Once again, I would ask this question. You got your technology. Is it worth it? You got to take the good with the bad if you're going to buy into it. Well, and uh, I, I think we're at a point of almost no return. We are. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about something that 
uh, we'll, we'll, we definitely, for everyone listening, we're, we're jumping around from, you know, feeling overwhelmed and um, we, we kind of jumped into how we converse um, and how we're not being empathetic with each other and we're not diving in and getting into depth with things. That's the entire purpose of this podcast. So, but we should definitely, I definitely want to do um, a, a follow-up on just social media in general. But, um, you know, one of the things, um, you know, how do we even, have you found anything? I have not found very many good ways to get my nieces, for example, to do less uh, electronics. Um, I haven't found an alternative that I can offer that they seem as excited about. So we know this is kind of an issue and we know that, you know, people out there probably do want to have some tips on some things maybe that they could stop or ways to stop. Have you found anything that you've ever advised yeah. um, that has worked? What are some things that have worked? Well, this takes parents who have the time to do it, but I have a subset of parents that I work with who basically take their kids out in nature all the time. They go for hikes, they go for weekend trips, it's all nature-based, and they let their kids use media for about a certain amount of time, and they religiously reinforce it. And the kids will go to other friends when they do and play video games, but they're controlling it, they're doing, you know, it's nature will replace it, especially if you live in a beautiful place like I live in Colorado in the mountains. Um, absolutely, you need to emphasize nature you need to get them out of their houses and maybe a little tour of or a little work in a soup kitchen or just observing it and seeing that there are very real problems in the world that aren't going to be fixed by video games and children have a most children have a strong social justice system especially the bright ones so it seems like one of the basic human desires is to make the world a better place and it gets beaten out of you by a competitive, um, totally money-immersed society. But the reality is, is if you nurture that and you work together and you make things for people, you collect clothes, you, you, you know, it, you don't have to be a parent that has, that doesn't work to do that. You do it as much as you can and you keep, you don't avoid them games completely and social media meet medium completely but what you do is you keep it to a manageable amount the research i've read is that up to an hour to one hour and a half a day will do minimal damage um, you start getting up around three four five eight hours immense damage is being done to their critical thinking their empathy and they could be doing other things that are better for their brain and body now, video games have one thing that they talked about at the advent of them. They make your eye-hand coordination really, really good. The question is, is, it, is its cost worth it? Worth and watch it. out. We now have, we now have um, virtual, virtual, I love that, virtual real, uh, reality stuff, game stuff that is far more immersive than anything out before. And how is it gonna get worse? It's just gonna get better and more addictive. And you'll have people dropping out every chance they get to go to a better reality. 
um, you know, it's it's a it's a bargain. It may be with the devil, but it's a bargain. Well, you know, I, I definitely know um, with each each kind of gap forward they make and leap forward, I should say, um, in technology, the the more effective they also become at developing, you know, programs, systems that we really attach to and that do fire our dopamine, um, you know, whether they, you know, just the sheer amount of data they get and how they can use that now only amplifies their ability to utilize a system that works. So I have noticed consistently the they are doing an amazing job making a better game consistently and anything that isn't like phenomenal gets flamed and destroyed instantly yep there is no tolerance and that goes back to our whole thing about you know lacking empathy um i think we've one thing i i i was startled with um, one movie that was super popular, and this is a very unpopular take of mine. So I did not like the Dark Knight Rises with, you know, Batman and uh, when Joker, the individual who played Joker did an amazing job, you know, passed away um, tragically. And everyone loved that movie. I went with, you know, one of my best friends and we watched um, it's one of the rare times I actually went out. I don't often go. And he came out, was just amazed, thought the movie was one of the best things he'd ever seen. And for me, I didn't feel like there was much plot. It was just all adrenaline. The entire movie. Yeah. And it's just all chaos and all adrenaline. I'm like, yeah, I get he wants to destroy the world. I, I get the plot like i really understand it but compare that to a movie like you know the godfather i tried to watch the original godfather an amazing movie and i was like falling asleep after 30 minutes uh-huh. i am numb to what we now plot. have the, the intricacies of plot yeah it's all surface and flash it's and big special yep. effects and I, I love the, the movies. I mean, I really have enjoyed a lot of the Marvel movies and, the, and watching them. They're so immersive. They're beautiful. The characters are well done. They're, they're interesting. But there, is, um, there are instances where there are lacks of, you know, I guess, key things I like to see or depth. Um, and I hate, I hate to insult anyone. But, you know, even in books, people don't read, people don't, uh, we're seeing things move away from where you share information. And you'd brought up earlier, one of your suggestions was to have people go out and get into nature. One thing that um, I did remember and I suggested was um, if somebody really has, if you have like, say, multiple kids and they all like video games, you can get games where they have to share. One of the worst parts is about things is that everything is network based. So they can hop onto one system and they can 
um, you know, talk with somebody at any time of the night somewhere in the world, which is great. It's great. It's, I, gotta, I, I just thought of something that, that was crucial about what are the things you can do about it. A go for really it. big one popped in my head. Get a pet and have your child take care of the pet, um, take care of its needs, play with the pet. And that is that's one of the single best things. Even, even if it's goldfish or something, do that. Get them involved with a living creature that they have to work with and help, help it to survive and to thrive. I can't think of much better than that. That's a beautiful message. No, you had to get that in there. I'm so glad you did. Um, that is really attachment. We need something real. And you may be talking to somebody through, you know, and see them on the other side of a screen, but it's very different than sitting across from them, sitting in one chair, the other person being able to smell what's in the room, involving your other senses. There's a lot of things. And I, you know, I have no proof. I've never seen anything, but a theory of mine is just one of the reasons we're having a harder time attaching is because we're not involving as many senses when we do attach online well, that's dating. Gonna, that's you know. going to change. We'll have virtual reality. You will have smell of vision. You'll, You'll have. have <laughs> so we already figured out now, now we have a, a great way to sell and get people more involved with virtual reality. You know, it, it's something the pet is a great suggestion. Thanks. Um, that one really is something that's it's fun for them. It also kind of hits uh, behind the idea of play and how important play is. So, you know, with play for me and the for the games, there are games out there where you can play together. I love Mario Party. It's a great it's like a board game on the TV. It gets the kids moving. They have to interact takes away the you know the ability to really cheat um so and at the same time you know it's it's a game it's a video game so there are great choices out there so do your research and you can i think there are some that are better than others um, yeah but you know what kirk i have to interrupt yeah i i they, they had those games on tv where you were playing tennis or playing in a football game and you were actually involved interactively, they, they sort of went away. What gets more and more prominent is violent games that dehumanize people and action games. They're the ones that are making all the money, not the games that are educational and good. And that speaks to the human nature. And the very worst in human nature is being exploited for profit. And oh, it's yeah. too cold-blooded. It's just too cold-blooded. But that's what happens when you have 8 billion people in the world and misery everywhere. Everyone wants to escape. And that's what video games are good for as well, escape. You don't have to deal with the miseries of the world and the changing climate and the disasters. You can just go away. And when you have virtual reality, that will make it even more easy to go away and much more alluring. Well, and it, you know, I think um, when you say go away, we're already moving away from being around other people. It's not that we don't go to concerts. We don't connect 
Um, and I do feel like in a lot of ways we are fading. Um, and some of the most important aspects of what humans can do and what we do best is, is usually not solo. It's, you know, I don't think there's ever been, it doesn't matter who the person was, how brilliant they were, whether it's Newton, Einstein, they had people in their lives. Those people affected them. That spurred creation, that spurred um, invention. And you, you cannot live in a bubble where everyone says the same thing and agrees with you in every single way and get great innovation and... Uh, paintings, music, all of it. We need other people. It's it's an important aspect. Um, it, and then the hard part is we need depth from people and we need true communication. Um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, it's, it's a great way to kind of wrap this one up is to kind of circle back and, and go back to the, the first thing that you brought up, which was empathy and how important it is, is and getting, you know, getting into depth, which was one of the reasons why um, you, you had said it so elegantly beforehand. I won't do that. So please, you know, if you're listening, you know, follow us, uh, you know, subscribe, you know, the drill um, and feel free to reach out with questions as well. Um, we're always happy to answer those. Um, but you, you said it so beautifully at the beginning, uh, so I don't want to ruin that. Uh, it, I, I think we definitely need more empathy in this world. We need more compassion. Um, and, you know, as far as just being able to see another person as human, instead of viewing them as what you said earlier, that really hit home for me is competition. Even on Instagram, one person does one thing. Another person has to compete with them. I think you hit have the, to make it more outrageous. Yeah. You, you hit it right on the head. Competition is a phenomenal thing for us in life. But when that is all there is, yeah, and it, it, it's, you, you know, this whole show was about how things are getting so overdone and we need to go to ex extremes. The extremes are slightly, or they're reaching a breaking point. And I think that's what we're seeing is we're seeing humans, human minds actually breaking um and it, it, exactly and that leads leads into um either pulling inwards and you know hiding from the world um feeling nothing or the opposite feeling everything and being overwhelmed and we can talk on this for hours yeah so we can. It. It, it's I, I really thank you for the time and what a wonderful show um so we will follow up with this um, and maybe go into depth on a couple of the other things we talked about, like social media specifically. Um, but for all the tips and suggestions, you know, please listen, uh, share and spread and just be compassionate and kind to other people. Um, thanks. Thanks to everybody for listening. You too, brother. Thank you so much for listening to chaos to cared podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with everyone you know and definitely like follow and subscribe certainly leave a comment if you'd like let us know what you'd like us to talk about the next time also in our show notes there should be direct links where you can follow us on our social media 
as well as reach out to us directly. Thanks again and have a great day.